Before we begin the episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, Feel Queens, an Irish-owned GEA and leisurewear brand created by two intercounty players, Una White and Orla Duff. The girls have put aside their intercounty rivalries to create Ireland's first ever GEA glove, specifically designed and tailored fit to the female hand. Phil Queens are empowering future generations and offer a 15% team discount on gloves and are proud to be stocked in 10 stores nationwide. Having only started this venture in 2021, they have steadily grown their product line to include their original Empower gloves, bobble hats, snoods and water bottles. They are excited to launch a brand new blackout glove to the market this month, so be sure to keep an eye out on their social media at Phil Queens and their website fieldqueens.ie for more. Welcome back to the Sideline Live podcast. You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at the Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. On episode 65, I am delighted to be joined by Westmead star and Intermediate Player of the Year, Sarah Dillon. Sarah also picked up Player of the Match in the All-Ireland Intermediate Final at just 20 years of age. In this episode, we discuss her career, playing basketball, injury, recovery and so much more. I hope you enjoy. Hi Sarah, thanks a million for joining me on the podcast. Hi Rita, thanks a million for having me on. Before we get into everything, I'd like to give the guest uh, about 30 seconds or so to give their elevator pitch to the listeners who might not know who they are. Yeah, so my name is Sarah Dillon. I'm 20 years old and I play county football for Westmead Ladies. And I play my club football for Milltown Ladies also in Westmead. And I am currently studying in AIT. I'm in my second year. Brilliant. So growing up, uh, who or what got you involved in sport? Oh, definitely my parents. Sport mad. Mum was mad into basketball. Dad played GA the whole way up. Everyone in the family is just mad and um, sports fans. So, and Dad has actually been my coach since underage. Okay. So and I'm, I'm still is now for senior for club. So How do you find that dynamic? Through. Oh yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's great conversations over the dinner table. But yeah, it's so. always what we can improve on, but yeah. I know it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And um, your mom, did she did she play basketball, was it? She did indeed, yeah, growing up. And then we would have played like, you know, community games and stuff. And she would have coached then all the way through. So she got me for the love of basketball then as well. Very taught much. me all my basics from a young yeah. age. So You're on a serious uh, Liffey Celtics team. Talk us through some of that. Uh, some of that yeah. yeah, no. So I joined uh, under 16. So I was playing in Longford, but... And um, that team kind of folded, so I went and I was talking. See, I would have played Ireland with Kira Bracken, Erin Bracken. Okay, sister. yeah, yeah. And then she was coaching that team at the time, her and Annie O'Connor. So they just asked me to come up, and I was like, yeah, definitely. Um, so we ended up winning the under 16 All Ireland, and we won the Dublin Cup as well. And then that team stayed together like such, such a good group of girls. Like, you know, you just get that group. Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of we all just kind of stuck together, um, and then we went on and won the under eighteen uh, national cup, the Hula Hoops national cup. So brilliant! That was brilliant as well. That's cool. Kira's some player, isn't she? Unreal! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd be in over all the time. Yeah. Absolutely class. Yeah, I was in over, and I was playing against her. <laughs> that's how, oh, she's, that's how good oh, she is. she's exceptional. Like, <laughs> you, like you're trying to <laughs> mean her would always have to end up marking each other. But point guards, like, and I'm just like, no. And like, Aaron had put us on the same team the odd time. And I'm like, thank God. <laughs> Brilliant. And how did you balance uh, both growing up? Like, obviously, at underage, it's a little bit different, particularly if you're just playing club. But as you mentioned there, mm. Ireland teams, I'm presuming you're involved in underage inter county teams. Yeah. How difficult is it to balance both? I'm just conscious that there's probably listeners and uh, younger girls following and just kind of wondering, geez, how do I balance both? How did you do it? 
Yeah, well, it is hard. So, like, sometimes you do have to say to coaches, look, I'm after having this this day, this, that day. Like, sometimes you go play a school game, you have to go to training that evening, it's kind of like, can I just take it easy? Something like that. You kind of have to know your body and just know what you kind of need to train somewhere. So, let's say at a football game at the weekend, like, maybe definitely get your training in for that. And just that's pretty much yeah yeah it was kind of hard it's like mom was kind of telling me yeah there's that and like you you just want to do it all like when you're younger yeah. but um yeah you just have to kind of and then later on I kind of picked up a few injuries so I just had to like stick to football yeah hopefully now I'll get back to basketball now back being full fitness but like you do have to like mind your body and listen to your body like yeah. if you feel something like take a rest you're better off taking one training off instead of being out for so long like you know exactly like listen to your body and even just having that individual approach like yes you're involved in a team but you kind of have to be a little bit selfish in yeah, terms definitely. of like you're not you know not everyone is going to be doing the same thing as you and you have to yeah. be kind of like you know you're looking at everyone else oh god everyone else is moving well but that's because you've had two basketball games this week already you kind of have to yeah. take that into account yeah like you're the person who's gonna it's your body <laughs> you do yeah. have to look after yourself like as you said you do really have to be selfish and that will help you in the long run like you know and improve your game then overall what are the specific things that you've noticed from basketball playing into Gaelic football like it's an early cliche I'm really sick of the conversation but I'd love to get your perspective as a player of both what do you see from both is there a huge crossover for you do you think oh fitness wise anyways basketball is constant sprinting up and down up and down so definitely that but even just like catching even like you're defending you can't, especially ladies football, no contact, basketball, no contact. So that does help a lot as well. But I feel like definitely the feeling of the ball, like just catching is what you're constantly doing kind of in basketball. And then pretty much that's it, yeah. There's definitely a crossover. Like it, you see the people who like are both, like you just be so athletic. Even people who are really good at football, if they just play basketball in school, you can see like they're yeah. a sports person, like really good, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What's uh, what's Erin Bracken like as a coach? I've had her on the podcast, but what is she like from a player's perspective? I want to get Aww. the inside here. Oh, she's unreal. Yeah, we had her and Anya O'Connor. Just, yeah. like, they're just so good to players. Like, you could literally ask her anything. She's literally like a friend to you, but, like, still still your coach. Like, just so approachable. Uh, 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 absolutely unreal. Yeah, we Class. all absolutely there you go. loved her. Erin, yeah. you better be happy with that shout out. Um, <laughs> yeah. The 2015 All Ireland Club final, uh, you were 14 playing in it, which is one thing. And then you scored a crack and goal. I think you loved <laughs> the keeper. <laughs> talk us through a little bit of that there. How did that? Your dad's the coach, so we probably yeah, could have you in. But talk us through <laughs> playing in an All Ireland final at 14. Yeah, I was actually only talking about this not too long ago. And I was saying, when, when you're that age, you don't really think of like games being so serious. It was kind of All Ireland. I was kind of thinking, oh, another match, like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and then I went in, and <laughs> I don't know. I just kept running, ticked, and thankfully <laughs> went in the back of the net. And I'll, I'll say I meant it. Whoever <laughs> asked yeah. him, like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, growing up, then, who were your your role models? Well, who were your favorite players? Maybe in both sports, and why did they stand out to you? Uh well, growing up, definitely in Westmead, likes of Fiona Classy, just such an inspiration. And then Jennifer Rogers in my own club playing for Westmead as well but outside that I used to Sinead Goldrick so I could look up to her so much she's an absolutely exceptional player like and just even the work rate of like every every Dublin player you just see that and I think it's improved so much like you don't just have like one hero now like there's so many people like on every team like you're just like in awe of everyone yeah what's it like then becoming teammates uh, with the two girls there 
Yeah, really good. <laughs> well, thankfully, Rod is my uh, real-time teammate, so I've had her for a while, but yeah, it's just so nice. That's good. Uh, what advice did you did you get from the likes of Fiona coming into an intercounty setup, and what what did you learn from your first year getting called up senior? And what what age you at the time? Sorry, I'm skipping a couple of steps, but what age um, were you going in? I'd say, um, what age did I say? About 17, 18 for my senior. I actually, I played a bit of league, but um, my shoulder was kind of dislocating okay. in and out in each match, so I kind of had to choose what I played. Um, I think I got to the, we played, I think played Dublin in the Leinster final, it was straight through. Yeah. But I actually only ended up being able to play 10 minutes. Because <laughs> was your shoulder popping in and out? What you were you saying, what? Yeah, so I, we actually had a tournament up in Belfast for basketball. Okay. Played like two games that morning and then we had another one that evening then. And everything was going fine. One or two games were in the last game. And I think it was like maybe three or four minutes left in the match. I kind of reached out for a ball and my shoulder felt weird. I was like, what the hell? When, like, then it was fine. I was like, and then Aaron's like, no, get off. I was like, right, fine. <laughs> Got off. And it was still like so sore. But we had like games the next day as well. And I was like, oh, I'm not giving in, like not saying it's sore or whatever. Yeah. And two of the girls like snuck down to the bar to get me out. So like, you know, I thought that was going to like heal me. Um, but he did that or whatever. So still in absolute agony. Aaron's like, how are you okay to play? I'm like, yeah, fine. I, shoulder, I was, actually, was your shoulder popped out, was it? Yeah, was but it, it, went back, it, it goes back. Oh, in, like, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I was like, is your shoulder still <laughs> no, popped no, out no. this point? Uh, so I played next game. I got through like the whole match again wow. last three minutes. Yeah went again and it kind of was like subluxing so it went in and out like really quickly okay right so I got through that game or most of the game then it went again and I was like I didn't you know I didn't really know what it was at the start yeah. went to physio yeah that's what it was and then it just kind of kept happening for months and then it just started fully kind of dislocating okay that I'd have God. to go like to A&E to like yeah. get it back in um but I was it was the year I was doing my leaving cert and it was my right arm so I was like I don't want to get surgery you know, and yeah. have someone else to write for me or whatever. Yeah, so then I got it done at about, I think it was the August, just got it pinned up. Yeah, and, God. And did you get the other one done as well? Was yeah. it both? Oh, God. Yeah, so it was, yeah, and then I was back about three months, I'd say. Um, And then I, just, I knew I, I just kind of went once and I knew I, I didn't leave it as long. I was like, I'll just get yeah. it done like okay. straight away. But thankfully, both of them are perfect now. So. Okay. That's good. Uh, I just want to yeah. quickly speak about leaving cert there. Um, there's a good few listeners uh, that have been in touch about balancing school. How did you do it in terms of basketball, football, school, and just trying to navigate even just the social part of it? Like, how difficult was it to go through six year doing everything you were doing? Yeah, I'm probably not the best person to ask, but I was so into my sport and all my studies. Um, but yeah, um, I guess just keep on top of everything. Like, he needs. Like if you have training that evening, just get your homework done. And if you have yeah. an exam, just get just get literally don't procrastinate anything. Yeah. Just go just get it done. Don't do what I did, which is procrastinate. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally what I did. Don't do what I did. Um yeah, just get it done and you'll be thankful for it in the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh stop. And I nearly found I don't know about you, but the days I I didn't have training, I I got nothing done because I was too busy. Yeah, you just wrecked. Yeah, and I, and then the days I had training done, or I did have training, I would get it done because I was like, oh, yeah. I have to go training. Yeah, because that whole basement, like, no, I want to go to training, I need yeah, to get this done. Yeah, exactly, and I made a stupid decision, I remember around, was it the mocks or something, or, when was it? It was some stupid time, and I was like, I'm not going to train, I'm going to study. So I sat on my phone, and I did nothing, and it was the most <laughs> unproductive day I've ever had, and yeah. after that point, I was like, no, I have to go train. Yeah. 
I think always I think always go to your training yeah like it, always it, it is, it's great to get out as well I know yeah. you do have to study but it's still it is great to get out and see your friends just it's only an hour like use that as your break you know take it as your break see everyone and just clear your head like exactly um was it just both your shoulders in terms of injury wise is that is that everything um did you do your knee or something yeah so I didn't I did two ACLs but I'm actually oh you I, did both yeah, yeah so I was 15 when I did my first ACL okay um how did yeah, you find 15. that being so young yeah it was really tough yeah um I like as I said like I didn't even know what an ACL was at that stage <laughs> You know, you, you hear some people near you're like, that's never going to happen to me. Yeah, um, yeah, you think you're invincible, nerdy. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it, it was, re- it's tough, like, mentally as well, just trying, because you're training by yourself, you know, you're so used to being out with everyone, everyone else pushing you on, and then you're kind of just like, oh, I'm by myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was tough, but ugh, I got there in the end, thank God. Yeah. Which did you find tougher, the physical side of things or the mental side of things with the injury? Definitely mentally, like, I could do everything I was like able to do everything in the gym that was fine like but then you're kind of watching girls play the game and you're like oh, I want to be out there so bad yeah like you're nearly, you're nearly jealous of people who can play you're like yeah you're just angry you're like <laughs> and then you feel like you're fine I remember I think it was like my first meet so like Santry do like a thing where you do like a three-month checkup six-month checkup and nine-month checkup so like each stage they tell you like oh you can go and do some more jump and you can do like run different runs whatever change of direction mm-hmm. I think it was like my sixth one checkup and I was like feeling absolutely class and um I was like do you want to like am I okay to go back and train like and he was like no <laughs> he's like no we'll do some change of direction I was like and I like, cried in his face I was like you're not serious like I thought I'd be back like training next week but um, yeah no, you do. It is. It's a long injury. And you do have to. You do have to wait the nine months or maybe ten sometimes for some people. But it's better off in the long run taking an extra month and just getting it stronger. Like yeah, exactly. I I didn't do my ACL, but I had a big injury as well. And uh, the physio he explained really well because I'm like you. I was going to get back every session. Yeah. When can I go back? And she was like, "Oh, you're still on crutches. We relax there." Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, "For every week that you wait." you're eliminating like 50% chance of injury and yeah. when she said that to me yeah. it was like okay I can calm down here I can go back to my walking on my crutches yeah uh, but it's it's like you say like it's nearly worth it in the long run sacrificing yes you're jealous and you're angry and I've had all of those emotions and it's awful but it's worth sacrificing that you know waiting that extra session or skipping that match to make sure that you're okay because obviously with girls they they chances of redoing it I know you yeah. did your other one is so high we have to it, us in particular have to be really really conscious of we can do this again really quickly yeah it's, it's scary the numbers of people who are doing it my my sister actually did hers in against Claire this year in the oh, quarter sure finals yeah yeah so <laughs> we've been hit hard enough with them but even yeah. just like I even sometimes try to do the rehab where just because it's just so lonely like you know yeah. I used to be like buzzing to go to physios like, <laughs> like once a week like yes like oh my god unreal and then when you get your appointment in pantry you're like so excited for it like yeah even though you're just going to be told they're probably coming out oh you're doing this wrong whatever but you're excited to do something see if you're progressing like you know yeah exactly how's your sister getting on with it uh yeah she's not too bad she's getting okay. there she's nearly back running so hopefully uh june or july she'll be back playing okay great what's yeah. it like having your two sisters with you is it probably over lockdown is probably a good thing because then you weren't oh yeah thank god like do training center like it's always we're very competitive families well. oh right okay so yeah. like doing our runs it was like you were definitely giving it your all anyway so you didn't want her to win so you didn't want me to win yeah no it's, it's really nice playing with them as well 
that's good. Um, yeah. What happened with the second one? Talk us through a little bit of that. Um, and in terms of, is it worse knowing what's ahead when you do it again? Or is it better that you can say, right, I've done this before and I know everything I have to do. But like, how difficult is it? I think both ways, like you're kind of like scared to like crap. I know yeah. I felt when I did the first one, like it's going to be the same. But then it's nice to know like what tests you're going to have to do, what you have to get yourself up for. Um, so I did my second one th- about three or four months after. Okay. I just, oh, I just jumped for a ball and whatever I landed and I just knew straight away. I was like, absolutely good. Yeah. And I remember uh, mom was like, oh, you're fine. I don't think the worst. And I was like, yeah, I'll try it. And then I was like walking down the hall and I just, I just fell, like my knee just went from under me. And I was like, oh, that's it. hundred percent. Um, but yeah, I guess it, it is nice in a way like I knew even like I was so scared even just going off my first operation like you don't know what to expect so in that sense you knew how the story are going to be everything because like my hamstring I see I got it taken from a hamstring graft okay okay so like my hamstring was nearly the sorest part so that was kind of I had to rehab that as well so I knew then because I thought my knee was going to be sore but the first time it was my hamstring so then I knew for the next time look okay. this is what to expect so yeah I guess in a way it was nice um yeah that's good and did you find that when you did the, the other leg you're only three months or four months with with wait which leg did you do first sorry uh, i did my left leg first yeah yes. so when you did the right leg did you find that then because you were relying on the left leg that it got significantly stronger yeah see with with doing the rehab you would have done it on both legs as well anyway okay sorry so, okay in a sense, I thought I was going to be doubly, like, invincible, like, nothing was going to happen to my leg, but then, obviously, <laughs> that but yeah, it, gave gone. A, it gave me a way to build up, I guess, the leg also yeah. that I'd just done, yeah, so okay, I guess, yeah. again, it helped me in the long run, yeah, I'll just exactly. say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what's it like, coming back from injury, I know what it is, I know what it's like, but for other people that don't, can you describe going back for your first session, going back to the first mm. match? confidence wise worrying about re-injury particularly after the second one I'd say I get the yeah. sense that it obviously you're going to be really heightened then about worrying about injury after the second one yeah it, it, it's it is so scary and like your confidence is down because all you think about is last time I played this happened to me whatever you know and it is and then people are kind of expecting you to be at the level you're at before like you left and I find there was even no matter how much running, whatever, every fitness thing I was doing, I still didn't feel like I was match standard because it is that games that get your fitness for match fitness, yeah. you know. So then you're worried about that as well. But then I feel like once you kind of get the first ball, get going, you're kind of like, okay, wait, no, I can actually do this. Like, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. What's yeah. it like um, in terms of going through the injury? even particularly during the second one, in terms of like motivation, because I know during mine, now it wasn't yeah. ACL, but it's just like how did you find trying to keep yourself motivated during it mm, hard <laughs> i thank god i have such a good family like my sisters and my mom everything my dad like they'd do anything with me if i asked them and i also for my second knee i got up in a pt joey cleary in mullingar so okay. i was kind of going to him like twice or three times a week so that gave me the motivation to be like working with someone even yeah. though it was just a coach i still yeah. didn't feel like i was just by myself and it was kind of like a guidance um to help me where to get so that definitely helped me a lot um yeah so that's good you mentioned there kind of when you're going back everyone kind of expects you to be the same old Sarah yeah. um what's it like then trying to even for yourself 
not even like disregarding everybody else but kind of coming to terms with look you're not you know at 100 percent. you're not going to be the Sarah you were before the injury right now because you're only mm. how, how many months after how did you find how frustrating is that for you and how did you balance that and, and keep going with it yeah it's tough like especially like I'm forward so especially like you know your accuracy mightn't be as good your passing even just quickness of the ball like getting your hands on the ball like you know it's not on it's not like straight away but that comes over time like so you're always going to get back or even better than what you were yeah. you know before mm-hmm. the injuries and like something that I've learned is that like my injuries are kind of like always my injuries so I gotta still always like rehab my shoulders rehab my knees like just always okay. do my strength work just to try and keep myself steady but um no that's what I've done I've always like kept it as an injury like so I always like make sure it won't happen again okay very good and when was the when did you come back from the second one sorry um when was that about 2018 I would say and then 2018. Often, yeah 20 yeah I'd say it was around 2018 maybe so 2019 the 2020 season you came up against Mead in the final uh in an empty stadium in Crow Park can you talk us through a little bit of that experience uh, what was it like playing Mead and just from your perspective could you see them I don't think many people could but could you see them going and doing what they did this year I, I actually didn't play that match I oh sorry the, sorry I was in the stand so I did I didn't get to see it yeah they're unreal like absolutely amazing and um, obviously you don't think that like a team who's just wanted to meet it's going to go straight up and when a senior it's obviously a thing of dreams like everyone wants to do but you don't really think it's going to happen mm-hmm. but just the quality of players they have like all over the pitch and just the commitment and like the drive for them to win like they like I felt like they just weren't losing that match like you know they just had that attitude and I felt that kind of happened with us this year in the final like even yeah. obviously I I it's different when you're not playing but like just to see like the heartbreak of the girls like mm-hmm. and then I feel like everyone this year just gets like 120 percent just okay not be like that again myself like that's what me did after they'd lost like the previous year mm-hmm. just they were like we're not that's not happening again mm-hmm. when you come back in as a group um this year um what's it like then going to that back to that first session after the final is the final a discussion point is it left in 2020 what what's the approach there yeah so the final loss was obviously just left and hopefully we get there again but yeah we finally just took each game as it came like we didn't want to look too far ahead i think every girl was just so up for it but um, we kind of went out against it was Longford in the first round and they actually bet us after extra time so I think that was kind of the wake up call I think like some girls maybe we just thought like you know we were here last year this is going to be okay yeah so and then at every game we just just gave it everything and um, because in that whole the whole championship like no one knew who was going to win like every game was kind of going the opposite team someone who won the last match wasn't win the next game so like it was actually a really good. It was a good way to be because we just took it game by game. Very good. Uh, can you talk us through a little bit of um, the influence that Fiona Claffey has? Like a phenomenal player, obviously, but in terms of her leadership, in terms of what she brings to the team outside of her physical ability, what's her influence like? Oh, she she's such a great person. Like on and even better off feels like I don't. I actually don't think I've ever heard her say a bad word about one person. Like she's absolutely amazing, and she just drives absolutely everyone on. Like, oh, there's no words to describe it. She's absolutely like, but I actually remember, like, I think it could have been like my first game at Westmead, and she just yeah. came up to you after the game, like, well done, it's great to have you there, or just little things like that. She includes absolutely everyone, and she's she's phenomenal. 
brilliant. Can you describe the attitude that it takes to be an intercounty player and be an elite intercounty player at your level, obviously player of the year, but can you describe that to people that don't really, like players, let's say, that might not think attitude is is an important thing? What is it like at that level? Yeah, I, attitude is so important. Like, um, and just like hard work. Like, I know you train maybe three days a week on the pitch, but it's the stuff you do outside of training. You know, your nutrition, your sleep, getting your gym in. Like, it's the little things that make you the elite player that, that you have to be. Mm-hmm. You know, for intercounty football, and just practicing on everything, like being able to hand pass with your right left hand. You know, being confident and kicking if you get stuck kicking on your right, be able to kick on your left. Like, it's just mm-hmm. the little things that make you. Player. Mm-hmm. I actually found it interesting from a basketball perspective in terms of even the mentality of like I would find maybe more when I was growing up and I think it's changed now for ladies but it was always like be good at kicking but with basketball let's say for example it was dribbling you're, you're you have to be elite on both hands yeah do you think that do you think that mentality is now come into Gaelic football particularly ladies in terms of skills of not just being competent at kicking but being competent on both feet Definitely. Even it was kind of only when I came into the senior setup that I started really using my left and right hand, my left and right foot for mm-hmm. like passing and everything. Because you kind of just need to get, you're so used to using your right, that's what you want to do. Maybe though when you're training, always use your left, you know, when you're training, always use your left foot if you're on your right foot. And it just then comes automatically in a game and it's easy. You don't even think about it. It just happens. The same with basketball. Like you're so used to dribbling on both hands. And then when you do it, it's just that's just normal that's that's what I do like you know exactly you're actually making the game easier for yourself because if you're one-sided you have to go down one side of the pitch yeah but if you can go both then you'll actually play a bit easier so it's funny how it all plays out (laughs) if Erin's listening to this she's definitely going to be like you never use you never use your left hand (laughs) you should give out to me so much use your left hand I'm like okay Um, what do you think is the most underrated skill in the game at the moment is there anything that we're overlooking as players or coaches that you're like why aren't people practicing this um, I think I've just said it there but like definitely the left hand and right handed hand pass yeah, and kick, okay. right? we just kind of said that but um, yeah I do think that but it just comes in handy whenever you need it um, so I would, I would say that Okay, and how often would you get out, let's say, um, maybe not so much in-season because you're so busy, but in the off-season, how often would you practice by yourself? Uh, yeah, so I literally just, my, the football pitch is like right over behind my field. So oh, perfect. So handy, I'm so close. So I do go over a lot, just practice my kicking like all the time. Um, before games now, I, will, I would always go over like the day before. Okay. Other than that, I'd go down to training early, but in off-season probably just even once once a week or just getting you know keeping your hand on the ball like you know okay yeah what do you do uh, let's say that day before the game or before training what sort of kicks do you take do you have a routine or is it just going out for the crack so if I had about eight balls I literally just look at the goals and I just kick them out randomly wherever they go I kick okay. them there and then okay. always have to end on a score <laughs> oh yeah I'm the same do. I'm yeah. the same or I, I'll go I home leave. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm you know, like myself before, going home. Yeah, yeah. Or before a match, like I always just have to kick it over the bar. Like you, if I miss, I'm like, no, no, we'll have to go kick it over the bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I can actually do this. And then you're like, okay, I'm doing this. So, you know. <laughs> do you have any sort of other pre-game routine? Are you are you superstitious? Uh, in in some things, yeah. And um, I actually always plait my hair the same. That's okay. kind of something I always do. And um, but other than that, not really. No. Okay. You've nothing major, okay? Yeah, no, nothing too serious. 
I know there's some people who are very some people are real particular same some people socks are like right something. beyond first left off right now you're like what like okay do you find it hard to balance um sport and college social life like and kind of not keep them separate but like let's say for example if it was a bad performance or a good performance that it doesn't uh, spill over into other areas of your life yeah so I think maybe obviously you try to like leave a loss on the pitch but then Mm -hmm. you're obviously always thinking about that either and you're going to be in bad form or whatever but um I I don't think I'm I'm not too bad at that like once it's kind of over and done with I'm kind of like okay that's gone let's get ready for the next thing let what can I do to improve like you know for the next match like if we count the game just look back on look back on the match look back on what you did and if you can improve like one thing it's not going to happen again and if you keep doing that keep doing that you're gonna you know hopefully no mistakes yeah exactly do do you do that a lot would you look over matches by yourself and from the individual perspective yeah I am we would always get the game so yeah I would I would always watch them back and just see should I have taken that shot? Should I have passed? Whatever, you know, okay. just, yeah. it does help. Like, because you don't see, you don't see like what goes on behind you during a match or yeah. you don't see like what run has been made. Okay. So it is, it is good to look back and on yourself and just reflect on like the game. Is there anything in particular you've kind of spotted that you're like, oh, I didn't know I did this? Particularly maybe when you started watching video, I'd say it's a bit strange watch, watching yourself for the first time and seeing your different like trends and what you tend to do. Yeah, definitely from like a defensive point of view, like as a forward, I remember our first few games actually at Westmead, like just even kickouts wise, we're kind of, I was just kind of like not doing what I should have been doing. Okay. And then like we worked on that and that helped us then in the long run to like press on kickouts or whatever. And it made me like more, like more aware that I had to be actually really tight on the player, not just mm-hmm. giving them an inch, like, you know, so I guess that helped, yeah. Is there much um, feedback in terms of you talking to management, them giving you feedback or vice versa? Yeah, like I think everyone, like taking advice, is, is even if it's criticism, it will help. Yeah. And hopefully you won't do it again. And I think like if people have to give out, there, <laughs> Because, you know, you learn from your mistakes and it's the only way you're going to improve as a player to, to get, you know, taught that. Exactly. Um, in terms of the, the final, you won by 25 points. Um. It was, you know, superb performance from you, um, obviously. But at what stage of the match did you kind of realise that this is it, we're going to win? Yeah, I, I make this joke a lot because my sister, uh, Tracy, who's actually played midfield at the time, and she, like, would never go for her own score. Okay. And I remember she scored a point that day, and I was like, oh, my God, this is it. Like, <laughs> this is actually it. Like, we're, we're winning. And I always make the joke here. But um, no, I your even poor the, sister. <laughs> yeah, no, she knows we always make the joke. Yeah. Um, no, there was like the two weeks coming up to that game. We were actually we were in the Cusack Park at the time, like training, and everyone was just so in tune. Okay. Like, I don't think anyone was going uh, to Crow Park and not coming home with a medal. Like everyone was just so up for that game. Yeah, and I think like every person, like like the players, set the standard. Like they really do. And I think every person was on the same page. Everyone knew what we had to do. And thankfully, just, it just clicked for us on the day. And was that a conversation that was had that, look, we all need to be on the same page? Or was it just this collective kind of coming together and realising everyone looking around each other, oh, this is it, like, we just really yeah. need to go here? I think it was just a collective effort by everyone. Everyone just looking around, but like, OK, we're here. Okay. We can, you know, we have a good shot at this and... Like, because we we played Wexford earlier on the year, and it was it was such a tough like it was such a tough game in the All Ireland final as well. Yeah. 
Um, I, don't, I don't think the score kind of reflective mm-hmm. of how good Wexford played too. But we knew it was obviously going to be a massive challenge and I, everyone just, just came together on the day collectively, as I said, and just happened. Um, you mentioned there the standards that you have as a team. Um, who sets the standards? And without giving away the secrets, obviously, but what, mm-hmm. what is the standard within the group? Uh, what do you hold accountable to each other? Just like everyone just doing everything as, as best as they can, like no one being sluggish. Like if I see even a back make a block, that, that absolutely drives me on to be like, look, they're actually making a block. I have to go score for them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, it's the backs who like actually make the scores. So I think everyone just working together, everyone just on the same page, just kind of, and everyone has to set, every person has to be on the same page to have the same standard across, you know. Mm, absolutely player. you had a great performance that day you won player of the match um talk us through some of the game in terms of going into crow park and I presume this was your first time playing in crow park yeah um, what was that like yeah unreal yeah it was very very good you just kind of walk out and you're like oh my god <laughs> so <laughs> it was big, a lovely but... day as well i was yeah I was, was you'd so always dread yeah, if it was, it was like lashing or something Did that even yeah. like no it was such a nice day yeah uh, compared to the girls playing <laughs> during the christmas time last year um no, but yeah, it was really nice. It was yeah. so, it was, you're just kind of in awe, like, I'm yeah. actually here. Yeah. yeah. In terms of the 2022 season, um, I have to say, particularly great for Leinster football. I think all four semi finalists yeah. in the intermediate were from Leinster. In terms of the 2022 season and beyond, for yourself, for Westmead, um, what is the potential there with, with the group? Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough season. Obviously, you're playing backup senior football and then playing Division One. Mm-hmm. Um, it is going to be hard, but we just want to give it our best shot. So give it everything we can, and that's all you can really ask for. It's where it's where we wanted to be. last year. It's where you wanted to be, like playing senior football. It's the best of the best. So mm-hmm. you have to beat the best to be the best. So exactly, yeah. you won you won Player of the Year. Um, talk us through that whole side of things in terms of emotion, because describe like going through the journey you've described there for me, and listening to you here about the two shoulders, the two knees. What was that like uh, picking up that award? Yeah, it was really special. Like from previous years, I was just looking on, watching with me, and I'm like, I used to think to myself, are you ever going to get there? It's like, you know, yeah. is that ever going to be? But I actually have to be so thankful for Sean Finnegan, our Westmead coach. Like he literally always gave me a chance. Like there's some trainings, you know, you still, you just get in such a rut. You're like, no, I don't want to go watch or whatever. Yeah. And he'd always ring me and be like, please come in, you know, girls would love to see you or whatever. So he like kept faith in me that like, you know, that he wanted me on the squad and always included me in absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. So I guess I it finally finally paid off. Yeah. Um, and then win the award. Well, win the All Ireland was under, and then win the award was extra special. Mm-hmm. Definitely, especially being up alongside like Lisa McCartan and Neva D, mm-hmm. and then being nominated and stuff by your players uh, was really nice as well. What what do you think you've done over the years in terms of all your training and preparation that has allowed you to be the player you are today? Is there anything particular or a broad range of things that you can pinpoint that you're saying, right, I really credit this is what I've done to, to be the player I am now? Definitely strength and conditioning. Like, like the game has become not more physical, but like everyone is kind of just at a higher standard mm-hmm. and everything. And even like mentally, like, prepping whatever just taking like each minute by minute like if you do if you kick a bad pass like okay that's finished like you know we're into the next minute of the game and just kind of keep take each game as that and just be able to think of that and like refocus yourself don't like dwell on the bad things but focus on what good can happen and what did happen 
Do you think the game is more um, physical or mental when you're at uh, that level? What do you think? Um, that's a tough one. Um, probably mental, but mentally, because like if you like someone, if you take, if you know, if you don't score, it can affect you for the game. So mm-hmm. if you're in a mindset of you're just like, okay, relax, okay, this is next minute, you know, it can either go really good or really bad. So mentally, probably, yeah. You mentioned the strength um, in the game now. In terms of the tackle, this is kind of a controversial question maybe, but with the rules, do you think that they should let more go? Do you think that there should be a rule change to allow more physicality in the ladies' game or do you think it should be left the way it is? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's controversial. <laughs> no, I do think more physicality. Like everyone's in the gym training, everyone's getting stronger. Like girls are at that level, they're able to, you know, they're able to take it. We're able to do that. Like, so, like, why not? <laughs> Uh, would you rather score the winning point or make the winning block? That's a difficult no. one as a forward as well. Yeah, I'm going to be selfish and say score. <laughs> Big loopy score into the yeah. into Crow Park. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to move on to the sideline seven. It's the same seven questions at the end of every episode. I just realised I didn't actually send you these. Sincere apologies. So uh, this is off the bat. Your I, listened to, I listened to a few. Um, oh, did you? Oh, great. Yeah. Perfect. Good stuff. So question one, what is your favourite quote? Um... If you're afraid of failure, you don't deserve to succeed. Who said that? That's brilliant, actually. I I actually don't know. I just seen it, but it was something that always came back to me. People are always like to me, like, "Are you not afraid you're going to injure yourself again? You're injured yourself again." I'm like, "No, like, you know, I'm <laughs> going to be alone." Even you saw like, "Would you not just stop playing?" I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> yeah." Uh, question two: What's the best sporting event you've been to? And you can pick one as a fan and one as a player. It's up to you. Okay. Um. Probably a lot as a player, but I would say the 2015 All Ireland Club uh, final. Yeah, that like my see my dad's physio or my dad's the coach, my mom's physio, and then my two sisters playing. So it was just such a family event, and yeah. then with the club, it was just that was really good. That's lovely. That's something I'll, I don't think I'll ever forget. Yeah. Yeah. Question three: What's been the biggest setback or challenge so far in your career, and how did you react to it? Uh, I have a good few. <laughs> Obviously, obviously all my injuries, um, but I definitely do think it was my first shoulder. Um, so just getting over my two knees, I, I thought, look, this is it. I, there's nothing else more I can do. Mm-hmm. And then when my shoulder happened, I was like, I was like, I don't know how I was going to get through it. Like, mm-hmm. But thankfully I did. So I'd say that was definitely the longest process of trying to get over what actually happened and just get back into playing. Um, question four, what's been your biggest achievement on or off the pitch? Biggest achievement, um, I would probably say the under eighteen national cup of basketball. That was yeah. that was really special. Or then obviously this year or last year was amazing with winning all Ireland and then topping it off with um, player of the year. Brilliant. Uh, looking back, you're only twenty, but looking back, uh, what advice would you give your eighteen year old self? Yeah, so that wasn't too long ago. <laughs> um, but um, I just guess take each day, day as it comes, and just really never give up. Brilliant. Uh, for any of the younger girls listening, um, what advice would you give those that want to play inter-county football? Is there any, I've kind of posed, um, put this in as a question, like a three-point checklist that, would, like, obviously it's not going to be those three specific things, but is there anything in particular that you would you would give them advice on? Um, definitely keep practicing the basic, basic skills because it's what comes in handiest, you know, and... Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, just give it everything you can. 
Uh, who would be your dream dinner guest and why? And you can open up the table to a few people here if you want. Okay. Um, so definitely Dermot Kennedy would be the one. Yeah. Absolutely obsessed. He's amazing. <laughs> um, probably Alex Morgan. Yeah, I, yeah, Alex, she'd be actually, she'd be great for the podcast. I'm trying to get her on. I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen though. <laughs> unreal. They're, they're unreal. They're American team. Um, and, hmm, maybe Ellen Pompeo. Uh, okay, very good. Yeah. Uh, what What's kind of on your uh, pre-game uh, playlist? Is there any particular music you'd like to listen to for a game? Uh, I actually listen to a mix of music. So, Dermot Kennedy, obviously, but not really pre-game. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I do really like Drake as well. Just okay. Whatever, Just whatever. Kind of popular at the minute. Okay. Yeah, I'm not too fussy. Okay, very yeah. good. Last question before I let you go. Uh, if your life was a book, what chapter would this be called? Um, oh man, this is a tough one. Um, maybe a work in progress. <laughs> okay, so we're, yeah. you're setting yourself up here for, for big things. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Wishing you the very best of luck with football, with basketball, with everything. And thanks again. Thanks a million for having me. Thank you. A massive thank you to Sarah for joining me on the podcast today. I thoroughly enjoyed our chat and I hope you got something from it. At only 20 years of age, she has already established herself as a star on the pitch and hopefully we will see her back on the court very soon. If you are enjoying the podcast, I would really appreciate if you could leave a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts and now Spotify, as it really does help the show grow. Thanks as always for listening and I'll catch you in the next one.